Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. One more time. Can we get up for our worship team this morning? They did a great job in leading us in worship. And uh, man, you know, two services is such a jump for all of our leaders. And uh, But we're excited. Our story, if you don't know us real quick, I mean, first of all, my name is Matt. It's great to have you if you're new here today. And, you know, it was a slow build out of COVID for a little bit. And this last year, God's just really kind of been blessing our church. And so we've been maxing out one service and kind of overflow everywhere. And we're like, we got to make room for two services. And so we chose 10 and 1130. And so this next year, I think we get a chance to grow two services now instead of one. How many of the Bible says when you're faithful with a little, he gives you more? And you get the opportunity to grow a little bit more and a little bit more. And so like we're in the stage where we're just growing a little bit more and a little bit more. Uh, today, I, I want to talk to you guys. Last Sunday, uh, we talked about big God and just a ton of love and loads of love. And today, I want to end it on big God, high calling. And I want to talk to you about the call of God on your life. And it, and it really stirred me so much that I might even come back later next year and do like a whole series on calling because it's so important. And I, I kind of want to just start and first say, have you ever tried something and that you knew this is not what God has called me to do? Have you, have you ever done something and you like quickly you realize this is definitely not the way that God has made me and designed me? Uh, for, for about four weeks, I tried to sell credit card machines. And, and I tried to be a, a credit card machine salesman. And I, I quickly realized I am terrible at selling credit card machines, you know? And then somebody sucked me into, I, I think it was like Melaleuca. And there was this little juice and just, and I'm trash at this. Like, I'm bugging all my friends and family. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is not me. Like, I'm so bad at it. The most annoying thing to me about MLMs is some people make millions. That's the most annoying thing, Ryan that somebody is making change on this thing, and I'm like trash at it. So anyway, so I'm terrible at MLMs. I'm a terrible salesman. I'm sure I tried substitute teaching for a little bit. It's terrible. God bless you teachers. God bless all of you teachers in here right now. We're just going to pray for your healing right now in Jesus' name. Like it was so hard, you know, and, and I just, I struggled that I went from failure to failure that entire year. Now, a year is not that long as far as a lifetime is concerned, but when you're struggling, how many of you know that like six months feels like six years? You know, you're trying your very best to make it work. Nothing's working. You're trying to kind of figure out who you are. I remember I was 17 years old, and the first time I ever gave a, a public like speaking opportunity, right? I, I did a, a thing, and it was how to change your tire. This is, this is the class lesson, right? It's how to change your tire, and I had to do a whole like illustration and a, and a public uh, like a public speaking kind of gig. And, and so I, for 30 minutes, I'm presenting, right? I had to do my presentation. And I remember walking away at 17 years old, and I was like, I've never felt so alive in my entire life. That was one of the first moments in my life. See, before this, it was just like sports, 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 sports. You know, I didn't, I didn't really, I, was, I never really loved going to school. Some of you, like, love school. That was never my story. I never loved school. I liked sports. I liked recess. I liked nap time when I was in kindergarten. Let's bring back nap time, right? Like, that's, the Spanish had that right with the siesta. That's how to do life. Like, it really, and so, so I, I just, I remember feeling so alive. And from then on out, I, I, years, it was about a year later, I feel called in the ministry, and, and I just take this whole route. You know, most people hate public speaking. It's one of the greatest fears in the country, actually. I don't know if you knew that or not. Like, public speaking is above drowning. Like, it's a lot of people's number one fear, and I, I do it all the time. Top three fears, public speaking. You know what the second one is? Asking for money. 
Pastors do this every week, y'all. This is such a struggle for me. Like, face a lot of fears in this, in this thing. Uh, and so, but I, I just felt so alive. And, and then, so, I, you know, here I am struggling. I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to get this thing going, and I'm struggling and failing and failing and failing. And finally, I had this moment with God through prayer. I really felt like God dropped me some wisdom and, and talked to me, and I was able to adjust a few things. And, you know, I, year one was a struggle, which I think year one of all entrepreneurship really is. And, man, year two, year three, year four was amazing. It was really exciting. And we were booked six months in advance, believe it or not, at the time before we moved here to South Florida. It just was a lot of fun. And I thought I was going to do it for the rest of my life, and God kind of pulled me back into pastoral ministry, which, which is funny. I love, I love even more now. Um, but what I still have to say is, man, if, you, if you've kind of discovered your calling and you're struggling, hang in there. There's a lot of hope. I mean, a lot of hope. When I was in college, I got a D in homiletics, which is the class that teaches you how to preach. That was the worst grade I ever got in my entire like, college career. And uh, that professor would be shocked to probably know I spent the last 20 years of my life preaching every single weekend of my life. I, he'd probably be shocked. I don't know if he's alive anymore, but, but he would probably be, probably be pretty shocked. And I, and I still have to encourage you because as you're, as you're scratching in your calling, as you're discovering your calling, man, you know, you're going to go through some rough times. So it doesn't mean God's given up on you, and so don't give up on yourself, all right? Okay, you ready for the rest of this message? That, that was just the warm-up, okay? A, a calling can come at any time. It can come at any time. Moses was 80 years old. Right? The, the prophet Samuel was just six years old. David was 36 when he became king Right, and really saw the full promise of, of his calling. So a call can come at any time. I, I think it's important for us, those that have kids, let's not put our kids down because, man, you can never be too young to kind of hear from God and, and begin to embrace your calling. Or, or, or maybe let's never, let's never get on the other side either and be like, oh, I'm too old, i got to count myself out. No. Man, Moses was 80 years old. He should have been playing golf. And God's like, listen, you're going to lead 3 million people across that desert to their promise, and let's go. So, so we really don't know. If we're breathing, that means there's, there's this thing called calling on our life. A, a calling can vary, which I, th- I think it's so hard to just say, hey, it's got to be this thing done this way, because callings, they kind of vary, don't they? Samson was called to be strong and to deliver. Jeremiah was called to weep and to prophesy and cry. And interesting. Uh, Amos is called to prophesy judgment. John the Baptist is called to preach repentance in the kingdom of God. And, and he was a little strange, right? He's on the edge of society. He wears weird clothes and he eats bugs. I think John is like some of our friends on Instagram. It's like, yeah, they love God, but they're a little weird. Like we're just going to keep them, you know, at a bit of a, a space. And Jesus was called to take away the sin of the world and die on, on a cross. Paul was called to take the gospel to the Gentiles. There's different callings. What all callings have in common is they build the kingdom of God and they encourage the local church. If you're taking notes, write that down. What all callings have in common is they build the kingdom of God. Your life is a link to everybody else. Regardless of the calling, your life is a link. A calling is from God, and it's also for God. A calling isn't from people, but it's for people. They benefit. And a calling isn't from you, but it's also for you, I think. You discover really yourself more in your calling than any, anything else, I think, in life. You just, you just come alive. There's that sense of, I was made to do this. There's this quote, and it says, there's two great, li- or great days in someone's life, the day that they're born and the day they discover why. As you embrace the calling, you begin to discover why God made you. Some of you are called to business, and you're very good at it, and you can fund the kingdom of God in ways that others cannot. Some of you are called to be teachers and build the next generation, right? And, and again, I try teaching. It is not my calling. God bless you. You know, some of you are called to be dads or moms, right? My wife is in a season right now where mom is her number one calling. 
And she, she's home right now. One of our kids has a fever, right? And she, this morning, she's like, I'd rather preach today and do what you're doing. And I was like, baby, I got to stay in my calling, okay? Like, I got to know. I'm, I'm messing. Like, like, what she's doing is so much harder than what I'm doing even right now today, right? But it's a calling. She's keeping those four kids alive and training them and loving on them. It is, it is a true calling. My mom had that call in her life. She really did. She was a teacher, and she wanted to stop and raise, raise all me and my siblings. And, man, she, was, she did it re- well, right? She, she really was very faithful. Some of you were called to be in management, you know, and encourage others and, and make their day and make sure the work environment is godly and fair and just and encouraging, and you're just amazing at it, right? There's a lot of different calls, and, there, and there's a lot of different things and anointings that God puts on us, but, but it's all for him and for people and also for you. As we get into this, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being, not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. God knows the call that's supposed to be on your life. It's a good thing. It's a, it's a plan. It creates a future for you and for others. I love John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, that it should grow, it should maintain, it should multiply. Jesus is saying, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and I put something on your life and I want you to bear fruit for my kingdom, for my church and for my purposes. This is what a calling of God does. The calling is the church of Jesus is all of us, the body of Christ, as we embrace our callings, the world becomes a better place. This is how we change the world. It's been said that we change the world through our strengths and we relate to the world through our weaknesses. How many know that God needs a church that does both? We need a church that's willing to go down and say, hey, I, I once was lost, now I'm found. I, I, I was struggling, I was hurting, and I, I know I can relate. And then I'm also in my calling now, and I can build, and I can give, and I can have more than enough, and I have strength to show the way. God needs a church that does both. Because a call comes from God this morning, number one, we're going to stop comparing our calling. This was a big one for me, and it hung me up for a long time. But the fastest way to ruin something special is to compare it to something else. If you're married in here this morning, the fastest way to make your marriage miserable is compare it to someone else or another marriage, right? Your calling is original. I think so many people allow their calling to die a copy of someone else, which is a bummer because God can never anoint a copy of you. He can just anoint you being who you are. Here's what I found. You cannot beat somebody at their own game. You just cannot beat somebody at their own game. But why are you trying to play somebody else's game anyway? A shark underwater is terrifying, right? I've seen a few nurse sharks while I was diving. I've never seen Jaws, and I'm kind of grateful for it, okay? But a shark underwater is terrifying. How many of you know a shark right out there on the street flopping around is not as scary? You're like, I'm not going to get close to it, but while it's flopping around, I can run away, right? You're underwater, we're in trouble, right? We're in trouble. That thing is a missile underwater. How many of you know that a lion in the water is not that scary? But on land, if it busted through the doors, we'd be running for our life, right? Like, it would be terrifying. Isn't it amazing? Two different creatures in their environment are terrifying. Outside of their environment, they're kind of helpless. So many people are trying to live outside of the environment that God gave them. 
They're not living in their gifts. They're not giving in their callings. They're outside of their environment. They're not getting a lot done. And they're wondering, why isn't some of these things working? Versus being in the environment God made for me, doing the thing that God called me to do, there is a lot of power and strength with it. Doesn't mean everything's easy. Doesn't mean everything goes well. But you can just have this sense, I was made for this. I'm just good at it. I'm, I'm in it. I've got this little element, this God element with me, and I recognize the difference. The Bible says in Romans eleven twenty nine, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. They will stick on you like humidity in August, man. There's just something about the gift and the call that God's placed on your life, and it will just be on you, right? How, how do we get away from comparison? When I, when I first planted the church, I really struggled with comparing my calling big time. Why? Because we'd have like 100 people and it would be an awesome Sunday and I'd jump on Instagram and this church is like, yay, 30,000 people showed up. And I was like, I hate my life, man. Like I'm never, I'm never going to get there, you know? And, and I realized in that, that process, I was like, I am so miserable. They don't even know that I exist. Doesn't change their emotions, but I'm miserable because I'm comparing my calling, right? I, I, I'm just comparing my story. Don't compare your story to somebody else's finish line. Don't compare your process to somebody else's promise, right? You'll just be miserable. Don't compare your vacation to somebody else's vacation, right? You're like, yay, we went to North Florida. Somebody just got back from Dubai, you know? And you're like, oh, I hate my life. I need a better job. It's like, no, man, let's just celebrate. Here's the answer to comparison. Celebration destroys comparison. You can go home this week and you can compare your spouse or you can just celebrate your spouse. And you can just pick on all the good things they do. I am not a handyman. My wife knows this. You know, in fact, a month ago, our dishwasher broke and I fixed the dishwasher, y'all. I took the old one out. I put it on the curve for the bulk pickup to come. The new one came. I wired that junk myself and it turned on. Guys, it turned on. It worked. It's still working a month later. I didn't burn the house down, you know? And I'm like, what's up now? All those comments about me not being handy, you know? That's, that's my dishwasher right there. So proud of that. So proud of all those years of comparing, you know? I just feel like I, I got back. But no, I, I'm not very handy, but I, I can do a few, a few things, you know? But, but here's the thing. We all start out dating. Those of you that are married, I'll pick on your marriage a little bit more. We start out dating. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Woo, I love them. Oh, I love her. Like, just celebrate, celebrate. And over time, we get familiar with their flaws. And now we start comparing. Let's go back to celebrating. Let's go back to celebrating. Celebrating is the cure to comparison. Stop running from your calling. Number two, because a call comes from God, we're going to stop running from our calling. Some of you know what God's called you to. Some of you know the way God's called you to live, and you're running from it. 1 John 2, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. That, that word love there is agapao, and it, it kind of means to be content with, to desire, to, to cherish, right? Uh, to preference, and I like, I like that, to put preference over. What is the Bible saying? It says, hey, listen, man, everything in this world is passing away. The hairstyles that we think are so awesome right now, guess what? In 10 years, the next generation is going to think they're dumb, right? 
and, and, and like right now, my, my hairline is passing away. Like I, I'm just like, oh my God, like I'm going to have to shave this thing here before too long. You know, I'm going Felipe style, you know, and it's like, it's like, I, I love Felipe, so I'm, I'm picking on him, you know, but it's like, it's like, like the hairstyles change, you know, clothes change, right? I'm, I'm old enough. I caught baggy jeans the first time and they're back in again, Right. And I know I got skinny jeans on. I'm just not ready to let them go quite yet. Okay, I'm an old millennial, and but I, I'll, I'll get there. And you know, but I caught it the first round, and now it's back. And so everything that you look at, the car that is so new right now, will one day be junk. And everything that we hold on to is passing away. Wouldn't it be better to embrace something that lasts the entirety of the season of your life and echoes in eternity forever? There's a call on your life. And it's irrevocable. It doesn't pass away. And it echoes all throughout eternity. Everything else begins to pass away. Amen. Because a call comes from God, we're going to stop taking the credit for our calling. Some of us are in our calling. You know exactly what it is, and you're good at it. I think one of the dangers for all of us believers is once you get into your calling, once you start succeeding, the danger is, oh, it's me. You know, it's all happening because I'm so awesome, right? Psalm 75, I love this, says, No one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt themselves. It's God who judges. He brings one down and he exalts another. Isn't that interesting? If I can remember that promotion comes from God, man, that helps my heart stay healthy. Healthy Christians are humble Christians. You and I don't have a thought that God's like, Whoa, I never thought of that before. You and I, don't, we don't ever do anything that God's like, wow, I wish I could do that. In fact, everything that we think, everything that we are, everything that we can do first started because of a gift from him. Yes, you did the hard work. Yes, you put in the time. Yes, you developed yourself. But all these gifts, all these callings are from God. He gave it to us in the first place to develop. And so should we work hard? Absolutely. Give it everything you got. Learn, study, grind, go, you know, be healthy, but give it everything you got. But in the end, let's give praise to God. I, I love this statement by this old saint. And they said, they said, work as if God didn't exist and then praise as if only God exists. And I was like, what a healthy place for my heart. I'm going to give it everything I got. But in the end, I know it's all because of him anyway, and he gets the glory. So I'm going to give it all to him because all my gifts and all my talents are from him. James 4, 6, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but I need grace in my life. I need more grace in my life. I want to stay humble because that's where it all starts from. Judgment is the end of the story. Grace allows for a new chapter, doesn't it? And I need new chapters and new beginnings, and I want to grow. Only under grace can we grow, right? Judgment, that's it. That's It's over. It's judgment. But grace, grace allows me to, to grow. In the next few minutes here, here's what we're going to start doing. We're going to start embracing our calling. I, I think the church is a sleeping giant. And when we wake up and begin to embrace our calling, more and more gets done for the local church and the kingdom of God. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to trade comparison for celebration. You know, during that season of my life when I'm following all these other churches, I had to just unfollow a bunch of churches because I was like, I can sit here and compare my, my life and my life story and my church away, or I can just start loving on the people and start celebrating who's here and celebrate what God is doing. Amen. So what if we just kind of unfollowed a few people, perhaps, maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to just unfollow a few thoughts in your mind and just start celebrating where you are at. 
where your marriage is at, where your children are at, what, what you are doing, and just begin by celebrating. Uh, because we're going to embrace our calling, we know his plans are good. They give us a hope and a future. We can trust them. We can rest in the difficult and choose trust as we embrace our calling, right? And, and we can realize my life isn't just about making me happy. Can I, can I tell you something about your calling as you begin to embrace your calling? You'll be happy sometimes, and other times you'll be frustrated, right? Happiness is so elusive, isn't it? I just want to be happy. Happiness comes and goes, right? It's up and down. It's, it's left and right. It, it's a little bit of everywhere. Your calling is going to take you through some difficult times, some frustration. Sometimes you want to give up, sometimes that you don't really care. And, and, and there's also going to be times of great joy, right? Jesus was not happy on the cross right? He, he was not happy as he was getting, getting punched. He went through some difficult times. I, for me as a pastor, I, I, one of the biggest things I want to get across to our generation is God didn't just die for your happiness. There is joy in Jesus. There is peace in Jesus. But how many of you know there's something a little bit greater than my happiness in life? Come on, guys. Like, I'm going to preach this. I'm going to kick the speaker over if I have to. Like, there's something greater than just me being happy. I can make an impact in people's lives for eternity, and I want to embrace my calling. Because a call comes from God, we're going to start stewarding our calling. You dress differently for Jay Alexander's than you do McDonald's, right? There's a, there's a different approach. There's a, there's a different expectation. You approach fine dining, and you're ready to spend a lot of money. You're ready to spend a few hours, if you go to McDonald's and they go, that'll take about three hours for this process, you're going to lose it. I don't care how sanctified you are. You are going to lose it, right? Your calling is fine dining. Everything God does is fine dining in your life. God has no microwaves. It's just ovens. He is fine dining. His presence is fine dining. His call on your life is fine dining. And so some of us approach it in a cheap way, and we wonder why we can't get anywhere with our calling. Guys, can I help you? It's fine dining. There's some sacrifice. There's some time. There's some prayer. There's some waiting on him. There's some approach and presence. There's preference we're giving to Jesus over ourselves, right, and the, what, what we do and how we live and how we just conduct our life. Are you managing what God is giving you well? Are, are we stewarding it? Well, we're not the owners of our life. We're the stewards. We, we're managing it. Last one, because the call comes from God, we're going to start praising God for our calling. We're going to start turning all of our pride into praise. We're going to turn our worry into worship. Okay, we're going we're to start turning our anxiety in, in a moment to trust Jesus. Even this week, I had, I had a lot of anxiety going to two services, right? I'm just like, whoo. It's going to be a little bit more than what we're used to, right? And I just had some worry, and I thought, okay, I can sit here and worry, or I can just worship and trust Jesus. On the journey of your calling, you will have many, many opportunities to trust Jesus. You can spend months in worry, or you can spend months in trust, and that's really your decision. For me, it's always gone better when I've decided to trust Jesus with the process. Amen? So we're going to thank God that he chose us, he knows us. He gave us a calling that's irrevocable. Guys, it is a privilege to build his kingdom. I don't want this next generation to lose that. I don't want to lose the sense, God, building your church is a joy and a privilege. 
Building your kingdom is a privilege. You don't need me. I need you. This is a privilege to impact people. Being up here, leading worship, preaching, serving, moving things, it's a privilege to be in God's house. Amen? I mean, I want that to be more than just three people that understand that. It is a privilege to build God's house. God is not joining my mission. God has asked me to join his mission to impact the world. That's a big deal. And that's a privilege. And that should be special to our hearts. And if it's not, we should go back to prayer and say, God, change my head and heart because I want to get involved in what you're doing. I don't want the entirety of my life just to be about me. I want it to be about something greater. It's an invitation to something greater. This is a joy. Amen. This is a joy. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.